Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand. We'll be happy to run one to you. And get your pen and get your pad and get your heart this morning. Right after the book of Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. If you're going to the Song of Solomon, you're going too far. Come back. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. So let me have your attention as we get going this morning. There was a man who worked his whole life. Are you listening to me? Say amen. There was a man who worked his whole life to gain money. This man didn't even spend it. He was a miser. He loved everything about his money. Just before he died, he said, honey, when I die, I want you to put all my money in the casket because I want to take it with me when I go. His wife says, sure thing, honey. You got to laugh at the end, all right? The man died sometime later. The man is laying there stretched out in the casket, and the wife is sitting there with her friend next to her. The ceremony was finished. There was about, they were about to leave, and suddenly the wife said, hold on, wait a second. She came up with a box in her hand, and she placed the box in the casket, and they shut the casket and rolled it away. And the friend said, tell me you weren't crazy enough to put all that money in the casket. And she said, yes, I'm a good person. I'm a loyal wife. I will not lie. I promised to put the money in the casket. And she said, I wrote him a check, and I put it in. (laughs) He can't cash it. (laughs) So if you've been with us, you know. We've been talking about money. Money matters. And we've been in a series of teachings on money marriage. This is the third one, the third teaching. I think, in my opinion, one of the most controversial topics in the church, in my opinion, is not homosexuality. It's not some of these cultural issues that we hear about. It's not spiritual gifts or the role of women in the church. I think one of the most controversial issues in the church is the topic of money. 
And again, we've been doing this series of teachings on money matters. And when you talk about uh, this topic of money, money is a sensitive nerve that runs from the brain to the wallet. Say amen. That's because money has a significant power in our lives. We've been talking about that. So here we are, part three in our series on Money Matters, and we're going to do something a little bit different this morning as we travel to several scripture verses. We usually take kind of one verse, but today we're going to do several scripture verses, and I'll just encourage you to uh, write them down. We don't have time to look at each and every one of them. But I'm going to give you our outline today. I encourage you to either take your phone and take a snap, or you can write them down if you like. And I'm going to give you four factors about family and finances. Four factors about family and finances. This is what we'll talk about today. Number one, the pleasure factor the pleasure factor, and we're going to find that in our text in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, the pleasure factor. And then secondly, we'll talk about the provision factor. We'll talk about that in Deuteronomy chapter 6 in verses 4 through 7. Thirdly, we'll talk about the peace factor. Y'all still listening to me? Say amen. amen. The peace factor in Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 22. And then finally today, we'll talk about the possession factor in Psalm 24, 1. Four factors about family and finances in our series on money matters. The pleasure factor, Ecclesiastes 10, we'll actually read through 10, 15. We'll talk about, secondly, the provision factor in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 through 7. Thirdly, we'll talk about the peace factor, Matthew 19, 16 through 22, and then finally we'll talk about the possession factor in verse, uh, in book, the book of Psalms 24, verse 1. That being said, saints, Ecclesiastes, let's just read there, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, and we're looking at verse 10, we'll read through verse 15, and come back and have some comments, all right? Ecclesiastes chapter 5, we're looking at verse 10. If you're looking at verse 10, you should be. It's on the screen. If you're looking at verse 10, everybody say amen. Amen. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? The sleep of the laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. Y'all pick that up. There is a severe evil which I have seen under the sun. Riches kept for their owner to his hurt. But those riches perish through misfortune. When he begets a son, there is nothing in his hand. 
As he came from his mother, come on, read verse 15 with me. As he came from his mother's womb naked, shall he return to go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Point number one in our outline, the pleasure factor. So in verse 10 in our text, Solomon writes, he says, he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This is also vanity. So if you want to learn how to hit a tennis ball, you ask Serena Williams. If you want to learn how to throw a football, you might want to ask Peyton Manning. Amen. <laughs> All right. She said, mmm. That was that church. Mm, that's from the church of God in Christ. Stop. Mmm. Man, I feel you. <laughs> if. <laughs> This church, y'all, this church, I don't even know what's going on. If you want to know about money matters, you might want to ask the richest man who ever lived, and that would be King Solomon. Mm. (laughs) I don't know why I love that. (laughs) Solomon had the greatest wealth, and... Solomon, he knew both the upsides and the downsides sides of affluence. He says, if you love money, you will never have enough and you'll never be satisfied. Can the church say amen? amen. If you love money, I don't care how much you spend on your mattress. Y'all know where I'm going. I don't care how much time you spend at the mattress store and you spend the most, buy the most expensive, expensive mattress, you're never going to get a good night's sleep. You'll lay awake thinking of ways to make money, to grow money, to manage money, and actually it may lead money, that is, to your destruction. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15 Jesus said, you can write that down. Jesus said, take heed and beware of what says covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Jesus said, life is not made up of the things that you have and how much you make. The world wants you to believe that life is made up with the things that you have, don't they? Holly Weird and Wall Street execs, they work hard to come up with ways to make you feel unsatisfied with what you have. They come up with ways to make you feel like you're a loser if you don't buy the things that they're selling. Do you understand that there are people who make a lot of money who are paid To make you covet. That's their job. That's their job. They want you to covet. Gents, if you use Axe body spray, all 
the girls are going to come flocking around you and they make and they make you think you got to have Axe body spray. That stuff smells like bug spray to me. It just does. Axe body spray. Make all the girls repel away from you. Or ladies, if you wear these kind of clothes, you'll be at the height of fashion. They spend tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars to get you to covet. What do you think the Super Bowl really is all about? Y'all think the Super Bowl is about the game. Y'all think the Super Bowl's about the game. They get, you, they get you to think the Super Bowl's about the game. The Super Bowl's about money. Amen. Super Bowl's not about a game. You see a game all season long. Really, I mean, what's the real difference in the Super Bowl except the commercials? And what are the commercials? Stuff. And what is the point of the stuff that you might Buy it. And they pay millions and millions and millions of dollars. Am I right about it, y'all? And they pay millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to get you to covet stuff. So that you might buy and you might buy stuff that, quite honestly, you don't even need. I promise you, gentlemen, listen to me. You don't need no Axe Body Spray. Say amen. Some of y'all like I don't. You got a whole case of it in the thing. I ain't talking to nobody. I ain't going to ask you to stand up. Okay? What's the definition of covetousness? Definition. An unquenchable thirst for getting more of something we think we need in order to be truly satisfied. The only problem with covetousness and pleasure and the flesh, it always wants more. You can never satisfy the flesh. The Romans had a saying that money is like ocean water. The more you drink, the thirstier you get. In other words, it can't be satisfied, right? I'll give you this. Money can give you a measure of happiness, but it can't produce lasting peace and definitely, definitely not lasting joy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, Jesus gives joy. Come on, raise your hand if you know that. Jesus gives joy. Am I right about that? You see, happiness is temporary. Happiness deals with happenings. I like that. Happiness deals with happenings. That's why when you go to Disneyland, you feel happy. Because you're in the happy place. Don't they call it the happiest place on earth? Until you leave. Or, and, until you get your credit card bill. Hallelujah. When you get that credit card bill, you ain't so happy. Am I right about it? You see, joy is not based on a situation. Joy understands that God is in control of every circumstance in your life. I will wait while you clap your hands and you at home. Billy Sunday said that if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity. I love that so much. I love that so much. 
If you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity because Jesus came to give you joy. How come Christians don't have joy? There ain't nothing worse than seeing a, an unjoyous, is that a word? Unjoyous, non-joyous, no joy, lack of joy, joyless. There you go. Praise God. Joy, I had to go through my thesaurus. Look at that boy working. Joyless Christian. Don't you know the joy of the Lord is your strength? You got you to hold on to your joy. Nothing worse than seeing a joyless Christian. God knows ain't nothing worse than seeing a joyless Christian. Walking around looking like you've been baptized in pickle juice. How you doing? <laughs> I won't be around people like that. That feel too negative. That feel way too negative, okay? Don't get me wrong. Don't be a weirdo either. I mean, that's, that's a little too much. Sometimes you're doing too much. You know what I mean? You're way over there on the joy scale. Okay, balance out. Praise God. Amen. Let me, amen. Y'all say amen. God came to give us joy, right? And the reason stuff doesn't make you ultimately happy and joyous, watch this. Because God, stuff, things, stuff. Got a car, eh, give it a day, give it two, give it a week, whatever it is. It doesn't really satisfy. You got a new house, it doesn't really satisfy. You got new clothes, it doesn't really satisfy. You know why? Because God didn't make you for that reason. God made you for fellowship with him. We are created for him. Money and possessions, listen to me, money and possessions can be a barrier to fellowship with God unless you understand how to biblically and spiritually handle money. And I might even submit to you this morning, that's why some of God doesn't give some people that much of it. He will always provide your needs according to his riches and glory. But some of us, we can't really handle too much of it because it would take us away from God. And, and we would, and the very prayer that we're asking God to answer would be circumvented if he gave us everything we wanted. So in effect, God is answering your prayers by not giving you the things that you're asking for. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. All right, let's move on to point number two, the provision factor. The provision factor. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is what, saints? You shall love, come on somebody, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your, and shall talk of them when you sit in your, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, listen to this, the crime that we are seeing in our communities, the crime that we're seeing in our cities, 
the crime among some rough, bad officers. The school shootings in our country. People being assaulted in subways. I'm from a city. People being assaulted when sitting on the sidewalk at a restaurant. I read a story. There's a couple sitting on a sidewalk in a rest, at a restaurant. Just sitting there eating. You know, you sit outside. Assaulted. Guys, this is the result of a corrupt human heart. And all the money in the world will not stop crime. And all the laws in the world will not stop crime because I tell you all the time. Come on. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. What we need is fathers and mothers in the home loving and creating. I'll wait while you clap your hands. We need fathers, we need mothers in the home loving and creating a strong family. We need more people investing in our children. We need that. I heard this story. This is pretty powerful. Listen closely. A young teenage boy, 14 years old, asked his dad one day how much his dad made per hour. And the father asked why. And the boy said he just wondered. Well, the father said he made $30 an hour. Well, the boy then said, Dad, can you give me 10 bucks? The boy said that he could, he could, or the father said that he could and gave it to him. And then he asked what the young son was going to do with it. Well, the boy asked his father to follow him to his room. And when they arrived, the teenager pulled a 20 out from under his pillow and put it with the $10 that his dad had given him and said, there, I have enough. He handed it to his father and said, Dad, here's $30. Would you spend one hour with me? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And said, we need fathers and mothers in the home who are willing to invest in their children, and build a good, firm foundation for most, first of all, in their home. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talked about a home that is built on sand and a home that is built on what? The rock. Jesus is the rock. The foundation of the home is Jesus Christ. And what a family needs most is the love of God, the love of each other, and Jesus Christ as the foundation in their home. That's what we need most in the home. Jesus is our provider. Somebody say amen. Point number three, the peace factor. The peace factor. Now, we really don't have time to read it. But it's in Matthew. I'm going to tell you a story, all right? I'll just tell you the story. It's in Matthew chapter 19. Listen to me. Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 22. 
It is the story, and I know you know the story because I've told you the story. It's the story of a man who, look at me please, the man was a young man, and he was rich, and he was young, and he was a ruler, the rich young ruler, you know it, right? Mark tells us that the rich young ruler had great possessions. In today's language, he was balling. He had a lot of money. Although he seemed to have everything in the world's eyes, he was lacking peace and joy and contentment. The rich young ruler, the Bible tells us, came to Jesus and he said, Good teacher, what good thing can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, If you want eternal life, keep the commandments. And he arrogantly said, Check, I've done all that. And Jesus said, Okay. You got all the outward stuff done down pat. Jesus said, now go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And he said, you said what? He said, Jesus said, yeah, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. And the Bible tells us, here it is, saints, that he went away sorrowful. Now, this is where stuff gets sticky for most folk, right? Because most folk don't have a problem with saying, Yeah, Jesus, I keep the commandments. Yeah, Jesus, I'm a good person. I give to charities. I help at Thanksgiving at the soup kitchen. You know, I do all the good stuff. But if Jesus said, not only do you help at Thanksgiving at the soup kitchen, but I want you, if Jesus said to you, I want you to not only help, But I want you to bring those folks to your home at Thanksgiving. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.